This week, on the Marathon of History podcast, Marathon of History owner, Matt Johnson, talks to Chris Gross from Contender Sports Cards. Chris will introduce us to the hobby of sports card collecting and provide some interesting information on grading vintage cards. Hey everybody, Matt Johnson here from Marathon of History and the Marathon of History podcast. And this week I have a really fantastic episode with a guest who's a sports card expert, collector, buyer, seller. He is uh, Mr. Sports Card as far as I'm concerned, and that is Chris Gross. And Chris runs a company called Contender Sports Cards, and he's going to talk to us just a little bit today about what makes some sports cards valuable and show us a couple of cards from his collection as well as, you know, sort of describe about the direction the hobby is headed. And I can assure you this is the first of many segments we're going to have with Chris because uh, there's a lot of questions I have about sports cards. And as a sports fan, I find it interesting, but I think just as a history fan in general or just as somebody who, you know, we all had sports cards probably as kids growing up, boys, girls, everybody, we all had them. So it's just a, it's an interesting world and I think you're going to enjoy my talk with Chris. So here's Chris Gross from Contender Sports Cards. Chris, how you doing? Hey, Matt. How you doing, all... brother? How you good, doing? Good, good. Got all sorts good, of memorabilia good. here. You got your photos in the background, and I got my yeah, little I, collection here. <laughs> I like it. I like it. Is that Dave Winfield? No, that's Delgado. Nice. Delgado, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, sweet, sweet. Back from the, uh, what was that, the late 90s when the Jays had awesome teams, but New York was just a little bit better. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> Every single year. <laughs> nice, nice. Well, we might as well just get started, Chris, <laughs> instead sure, of rehearsing man. the questions. So, uh, so Chris, how long have you been collecting cards? How long uh, have you been in the hobby? Uh, cards for me goes back like to when I was eight years old. I started collecting like at the hockey games around town. Like, you know, every, every, everybody has a good hockey team. So uh, <laughs> I'd go on Friday nights to see the Hanover Barons play. And I remember they had vending machines there with like uh, those garbage pail kid cards <laughs> <laughs> and stuff like that so i don't know i started collecting that way it was, it was right. really fun but uh sports cards for me didn't come into play until 2011 uh actually my mother was at a flea market and she called me and she said hey this guy's got a lot of cards here are you interested and i said well what does he have and she's like well he's got this Derek jeter rookie oh wow and so i was like okay like yeah how much 15 bucks so I was like, let's do it. So <laughs> so that was my first sports card purchase of right. something that I wanted to hold on to long term. And I just thought it would always go up in value. And then that kind of got me thinking, hmm, <laughs> there's got to be more cards out there I can invest in right. rather than just like playing the stock market. It, it's Sports cards is like, for me, an alternative asset sort of investment, right? Like right, um, right. that I look at as has the potential to go up over time just like stocks or anything it's, right right you know and alternative and, investment yep right and, and and it's probably proven to do that with some of your cards hasn't it like go up uh fairly fairly substantially. yeah so in 2019 uh i was a big fan of gary vanderchuk i don't know if you know gary v but yep. he's a motivational speaker online and he 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 went on a talk show in 2019 where he talked about sports cards and he was like Sports cards going to be the next big thing and all this. And I'm just like listening with my open ears. And <laughs> right, I'm just right. like, preach to me, Gary, like preach. <laughs> so 
So uh, right after I saw that interview, I was like, you know what? I'm going to go with this. And uh, I purchased like 40 jumbo boxes of okay. 1990, 1989 to 1991 basketball. Lots of Fleer, Upper Deck, uh, Hoops. Uh, I was basically just going for Jordan cards. That was like right. my number one mission as an investor. I was like, who's the one person out of all the sports I could go for? It just happened to be Jordan because I thought he had a lot of upside, right? Right. Um, but my main passion is baseball. And uh, for me, it, it was a matter of trying to sell some of those cards, those Jordans, in order to fund my PC, which is my personal collection okay. uh, of baseball, you know? And right, right. So now uh, when the explosion hit in 2020 and card prices went through the roof, sometimes like 50x. Wow. Like we saw dramatic increases in pricing across the board on everything. Like I would buy Jordan cards in 2019 in raw ungraded condition for like a dollar or two. And then I would sell those cards in 2020, 2021 when the boom hit for like 15 bucks, 20 bucks each. Wow. So massive profit margins, right? Wow. And was that Um, a pandemic driven thing? Almost like you saw like a lot of hobby stuff just went crazy. Just people... Yeah, people people, uh, people were home bored. They started right. looking through their old baseball binders, <laughs> and and I think I did that. <laughs> I, yeah, yeah, everybody did. Yeah, uh, yeah, and and it really triggered a massive spike in sports cards. eBay stuff went crazy. Right. Uh, like auction prices were just insane. Uh, it's unexplainable, except for like people were just at home bored, right? Right. Now prices have come down. They've, they've, people are saying there's like, you know, um, a market stabilization happening, which is true. I believe that, but the prices that things have come down to now are still higher, slightly higher than what they were pre pandemic. So we're, we're in a good spot in the sports card market and the sports card hobby. Um, and we, what we saw in 2021 at the spike was something we may never see in our lifetime again. Right. Maybe, right. you know. Well, and like you say, like you uh, sort of referenced the stock market, it sounds a lot like that, just the spikes and down a bit. And it just, it sounds very similar. Um, now you mentioned when you got into into collecting cards, you bought tons of cards trying to find a Jordan um, or Jordans, I should say. Do you still, now that you're into it a lot more, do you still buy cards in that way to try and get a specific one? Or do you mostly focus on buy and sell of specific people yeah i get a lot of requests for top 20 players like as a seller so i try to focus on those guys and when they have a really big game like let's say they hit two home runs in a game i'll i'll post that card that day okay like right after the game so you got to stay on the sports uh sports scores and stats for sure then yeah it's it's part of being a dealer and a seller is keeping up with the sports because you don't want to miss out on those opportunities because that's when you can make the most profit off your right. cards. Right. Makes is sense. selling at the height. Right. Um, but I do buy collections from people for like three to $500. Yeah. And I'll go through it. And every single time I've made my money back, yeah. um, it's worked out for me, but I know what to look for. Right. Like if you're new to all this and you know, looking up every single card and every single player, 
I had to do it sort of when I first started. Yeah. I knew a little bit about basketball and baseball cards, but over the years, you know, you, you start to see the same players over and over when you start purchasing collections and then it's easy right. to just pick those out and put them aside in a pile. And okay. So something like that, that does take some experience to sort of expedite the process, I guess would be. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's, it's possible to do like if you don't have any ex- expertise or knowledge on uh, the past and players, but it just takes longer. That's all. And yeah. As we all know, time is money, right? So, <laughs> that's exactly right. So, yeah. uh, how many cards in your collection right now? Like your personal collection, would you uh, would you say you have? Uh, I mean, graded cards. We're talking in the hundreds. Like, could be three hundred and fifty graded cards. Uh, ungraded, I I mean, uh, could be twenty thousand. Jeez, un- ungraded. <laughs> wow. Um, so, so but, just for for listeners and for myself, even uh, when you talk about graded and ungraded, now that's that's been professionally valued. Is that if I be is that correct? Yes, yes. Yeah. So there's there's four major grading companies in the world. There's PSA, which is the biggest. They grade over a million cards a month. Okay. There's SGC, which is out of Florida, and they grade roughly around eighty thousand cards a month. Okay. So you can see the difference there between. Wow, yeah. A million cards a month and eighty thousand, but yeah. both companies are just as reputable, okay, just as accurate and consistent. Some people would argue SGC is more consistent with their grading than PSA right now, um, but PSA ultimately is the company with the best resale value. So you see a lot more collectors for PSA cards than you would for any of the others. The other okay. two in the top four are Beckett. And, which is BGS, and then there's CSG, which is a division of CGC, which you, CGC is comic book grading, and okay. they recently opened up their own subdivision called CSG for card grading specifically. Okay, yeah. right on. So uh, so if anybody out there is going to buy a card, that should be a graded card. Don't spend a lot of money unless it's something that's been graded then. Uh, I would recommend buying graded because when you have a number on the graded card that tells you how high it graded, you can get a more accurate price on the internet. Okay. Whereas if you buy something that's ungraded just in a top loader, you're unless you're an expert with looking that card over and looking at all the corners and edges and surface and all the things that go into grading a card, yeah. you know, you might buy, you might overpay, you might pay $20 for a card and it has a really bad corner. Okay. Meaning that when you actually grade that card, it's not going to grade very high and you're probably going to lose money on the resale. So okay. you need, so developing an eye for pre-grading was very crucial for me in building my personal collection right? because I started learning how to pre-grade and then I could buy those cards to grade. Okay. And, okay. and that's where I found like cards. I would buy cards for $5 ungraded, and then I would grade it for $30. Okay. So I'm 35 all in. And if that comes back a 9 or a 10, which most of the time they do, uh, then I see m- big profits where I can uh, charge for the card anywhere from $80 to $160. Right, right. So, Right. Okay. That actually might be an interesting topic to talk about in the future, just uh, what they look for in grading. Uh, maybe in yeah, a future episode, yeah. we'll, we'll get you back for that. So, 
So I understand you have a few cards to show us and talk about today, Chris. What do you? Yeah, uh... if you if you want to see some vintage stuff that yeah, I have, let's, I can let's check out you. some vintage cards. Sure, sure. sure I'll sh- I'll show you some of the greats. So we'll start with uh, a '58 Mickey Mantle All Star. That's this one right here. Wow. Now this is graded by SGC, and SGC is known for doing vintage grading. Okay. Even even today with PSA grading over a million cards a month. SGC still has the biggest numbers when it comes to grading vintage. So that just shows you that collectors trust the vintage market with SGC. Okay. Um, so if you don't mind yep. me asking, what, what sure. would that one be? What would that one be worth as it sits there if you were to sell it? Uh, so this one sold last year for three hundred and twenty dollars. Okay. In this grade, um, which is not bad. Yeah. Um, I'm hoping in 20 years, this will probably be 800 to a thousand dollars, you know, right. On. Uh, I don't know if it will or not, but, um, there is a company called fanatics and they are well known around the world, uh, for their jerseys. They're like a $30 billion company and they recently bought all the rights to sports card licenses, uh, football, basketball, and baseball right oh, now. Wow. Um, so they're going to be a big player. And their plan is to increase the sports card hobby by 10 times. Wow. So getting that many more people involved, you'll start seeing sports card commercials. Right. You'll, you'll start, they'll start advertising in places like China and try to get those big markets involved. Okay. Right. Um, So who knows what this card is going to do in the next 20 or 30 years, but for me, it's a long-term investment yeah. because Mantle was one of the best switch hitters of all time. Arguably one of the best baseball players of all time. Yeah. Um, so Hall of Famer and a keeper for sure. I got a Willie Mays. This is a 1959 Tops, And you can see that that's in an SGC as well. Um, these are just m- like mid-level grades, low to mid-level. Okay. I don't have anything in like a seven or eight in these cards. Those would be big, high value dollar cards. And is that just because they're because they're older and they've been handled for for years? Is that why it's probably harder to get a a higher grade? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of people, you know, their mothers back in the day would throw these out, (laughs) uh, or they'd put them in bike spokes. Bike spokes. Yeah. 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 Uh, So it is hard to find a really well, you know, good condition. Yeah. Yeah. uh, Vintage card. Here's a Hank Aaron. Awesome. This one is also a 59. I I, I just I'm gonna show you all these uh sort of 59s because they're they're all yellow, they're all kind of the same. These are the oldest uh cards of these big sluggers that I have. Have the have the photos changed a lot over the years? Like I noticed the last couple are just them basically standing there. It, it has the foot like the photography changed more to action shots or back in the day, like the 50s, 60s. It was a lot of just, you know, stuff like this. Yeah. Um, but once the 70s hit, you start seeing more action shots. They even used to have uh, cards back in the day, like like this one here with Mantle, where it's it almost looks like an artist's sort oh, of yeah. rendition, right? So Yeah, neat. Yeah. That's really cool. I like that one, yeah. Yeah, they don't do that anymore. Um, they do have some cartoon stuff they're experimenting with with aut- autographs, but with the modern, but... Right. It's not as nice as this old stuff. Yeah, for and sure. Then, and then I just got uh, uh, Bob Clemente, Roberto Clemente, 
who famously died in the plane crash. And he hit 3,000 hits in his career exactly. Um, they changed the rules, actually, uh, for baseball for Hall of Fame eligibility based on Roberto Clemente. Okay, um, I didn't know that. Yeah, because before it used to be five years, I believe you had to stay. You had to wait five years to be on the ballot once you retired as a player, but um, they changed it once he died uh, okay. to get him in right away. I think they changed it to five months Okay. Or or something like that. Yeah. I, I'm oh, pretty sure it's five months. Yeah. And then I have a Sandy Koufax. And this is a 58. And he was arguably one of the best pitchers of all time. Cool. Anything um, else, Chris? Well, uh, it, it, do you want to see some newer stuff to give uh, your sure, audience an idea? Sure, check out a couple of new ones. Uh, this is uh, a Mike Trout autograph. This one's out of 30, and you okay. can see that the slab that this one in is a PSA slab. Uh, this one only graded an 8 because there is an, a corner ding on the back, but this one is out of 30, so there was only 30 made, and it is a refractor, which means you see are the rainbow colors in the light. Okay, yeah, yeah. Yep, so it shines, and then uh, the autograph as well. So Who, that one's now, really neat. Where did the autograph come from? Was that on the card, or, or did somebody get that? Signed. Yeah, this is this was this came in a pack, so directly okay. from the factory. Um, he would have signed thirty of these cards, so that one's a good one. Uh, yep. One of my favorites because uh, Mike Trout is the goat of the new era, what yeah, a absolutely. lot of people call Mickey Mantle of the new era. <laughs> and this is a Bryce Harper rookie, and this one is autographed, and it's out of ninety nine. And that one I think sold last year for twelve hundred bucks. Okay. Just because it's the rookie, yeah. and it's the auto, and it's serial numbered out of 99. So that's two, uh, you know, goats of the modern era right there. So so a question about autographs. So if you had a card, uh, say you had a Mike Trout card, and you ran into him at a show or, or a game, and he autographed it, does that increase the value, or does that do anything to the card, or is it just kind of like a card with a signature on it, if you actually get it done yourself? So it would increase the value. Yeah. Um, but you would have to get it certified by PSA and you would have to go through. Yeah. You would have to go through something called PSA DNA and it's a, it's part of their services they offer uh, where they will authenticate a card. That's not factory made. If the card was hand signed, you would have to go through PSA DNA in order for them to slab it and say, you know, this is an authentic signature. Right. Um, and then they can give it a, a grade as well if you elect for that service. Okay, right on. Yeah, well, that's, mm-hmm. that's, uh, that's good to know. And that's uh, really interesting stuff, Chris. So, uh, so you do buy collections then if people have cards and whatnot. How, how can people even check out your cards, check out what you have, get in touch with you? So you can find me on Instagram. Uh, I'm Contender Sports Cards on Instagram. And uh, if you want to get a hold of me by email, it's Christopher Michael Gross at hotmail.com. Um, I am buying collections when I have the money for that. So if you have some cards that you're just curious about value, I can give you a quick idea of, you know, one to five cards if you have a few of those. Um, otherwise, if you're looking to, to bu- for me to buy, that's possible too. Um it just all depends what it is because there is the junk wax era, which was 1985 to 1995. And a lot of those cards, unfortunately, is what people have for their collections. 
and they're not worth a lot of money because what happened was they overproduced in those years, uh, specifically for baseball cards, but um, it just created too much supply and not enough demand. Okay. Uh, And that is the big problem. You can still buy skids of the junk wax air stuff. (laughs) Yeah. Like that's how much there is out there. Wow. And so people don't really understand why their 1985 to 1995 cards aren't worth much. It's because of too much supply. Okay. So when you have a million cards out there of one card, you know, (laughs) it, it, it's not the same as like 30,000 cards of the same card, right? I see, like, so I see. So yeah. that's a really good example of just because something's old doesn't mean it's valuable. Exactly. Yeah. But if yeah, you have vintage, sure. if you have some vintage stuff that's pre 85, you know, uh, there is value in there. And, and like I said, um, in terms of rookies and things like that, uh, there's always going to be like the Jeter rookies and he was 93 to 96. Like those are considered Jeter rookies, Frank Thomas rookies, 1990, you know, like in 1989, Ken Griffey Jr. rookies. Like these cards are desirable, but usually only in high grade. So they right, have to okay. be, they have to be really like well-preserved cards. Yeah. And, um, and if they're graded high, you can sell them. Uh, but they still don't sell for massive prices right? unless they're in a 10 grade or something like that. So, okay, cool. Well, that's great, Chris. I really appreciate uh, you coming on the podcast, coming on the TV show and uh, we'll definitely have you on here again. I got a bunch of questions, but we're just out of time. So <laughs> yeah, sounds good. Well, thanks a lot, Matt. I appreciate it. And uh, thanks to all your viewers and please check me out on Instagram contender sports cards and i like your little figures in the front there <laughs> <laughs> yeah absolutely a uh, little carlos delgado he was my favorite <laughs> nice nice cool well there it is chris and his uh, sports cards his baseball cards and i know on the podcast it's uh it's sort of hard to see the cards that he was talking about there so what i'm going to do is actually on the marathon of history.ca website um, i'm going to put a little uh little section there and of course you can go to instagram contender sports cards and you can go to marathon of history on instagram or facebook and i will provide links to uh to chris's page so you can go check out some of the cool stuff he has there and as always you know i really want to thank every single one of you for listening to the podcast that's uh it's something i really enjoy doing it's a big part of marathon of and it's just part of my overall mission of you know talking about history spreading history talking about local history and really just bringing history to the forefront and in many different ways you know history isn't just a dusty old books on a shelf or it's not just a documentary on tv history is all around us all the time every single item and that is the goal of marathon of history and that is the goal of the marathon of history podcast so Again, thank you all very much for listening, and check back next week. We will have another episode. And until then, you can, uh, of course, visit marathonofhistory.ca for uh, all your local history information and read the current issue of Marathon of History magazine and check out the episodes of Marathon of History television if you're not in the Whiteman viewing area and just all sorts of neat stuff on there. So marathonofhistory.ca, and we will talk to you soon.